Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you're encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from God's Word together. We are closing out our series today called Security Blanket. And I hope that this has been a series that's really challenged you and kind of maybe made you think about your finances and the things that you have in a different way. I know for me, sometimes I'll walk through life and I'll be enjoying and going, okay, I got this thing under control. I know what I'm doing. And then often I'll study something in God's word or uh, we'll be going through a series. And I feel like sometimes the Lord's like, this series is more for you, Nate, than it is for the people. And so uh, there's, there's times where I feel like I'm doing okay, but then we come to a series or a portion of scripture and I go, oh yeah, I guess I do need to be reminded of that. Or I got a little lazy in this area. And so I really hope that this has been an encouragement to you. And today is going to be a very practical day. In fact, we've got a panel that's going to be coming up here in a few minutes. And I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a second. But if you missed any of what's been going on here. I'll give you a quick recap, but I would encourage you to go online and uh, watch these uh, messages again if you missed any of them. But a quick recap. Week one, we talked about where are we putting our security in? And I brought up my boys, uh, Pooh Bear, his duckus, and his little Nuna Bear. And I brought them up and I said, my kids find such security in these stuffed animals that sometimes they can't go to sleep because they feel like they're not safe unless they have them next to them. And then, of course, you know how it goes. We grow up and we put those things away. And what ends up happening? We put our security and trust in other more appropriate grown-up things like our 401k, our bank accounts, our money, and our our possessions that we have. I think often God looks at us and he goes, that's cute. I think that's cute that you think that those things are going to keep you safe and bring you comfort. And what what we were talking about is that we need to be people who store up treasures in heaven and not on earth. Here on earth, things are going to destroy and rust and be destroyed, but in heaven, those things are eternal. And so it's really about having that eternal mindset, that eternal perspective of where are we putting our security? Where are we putting our trust? Week two, we talked about who's first place in our lives. We talked about how God wants to be first and firsts are very important to him. I mean, think about the first commandment. You shouldn't have any other gods before him. And so firsts are very important to God. And even in Matthew 6, 24, it says you can't serve both God and money. It's one or the other. And so we talked about some very practical ways of how to make sure God is first in our lives. How do we put him in that first position? Last week, Pastor AJ talked about how nothing was off limits. It's not, God's not so much concerned about the amount. The amount is important based off of your income level and all of that, but it's the heart behind it. What are we holding back? Is there something we're holding back in our generosity, in our giving? The Lord sees it and he knows it. And so do we treat our lives like nothing is off limits? Or are we holding some things back from the Lord? And today, again, it's going to be very practical in nature. See, because what I feel like we've done over the last three weeks, we've taught you what the Bible has to say, which is important. We're always going to teach you what the Bible has to say. But sometimes I think it's helpful for us to understand practically that there are people living this out. Now, again, we're not perfect. It's not like uh, we've got it all figured out. We still have our struggles. We still go through certain um, uh, hard times in our life where, like I said earlier, we need to be reminded of these things. But the reality is, is that uh, it's helpful for us to understand that there are people going through similar situations that we're going through. And so I've asked people who are pastors, who are leaders, who are serving here to be part of this panel. So would you welcome, I think it's a panel of eight people. Would you welcome those people today on stage? Now I messed this up the first service, the seating arrangement. So I'm going to step back because 
There are people smarter than me when it comes to seating. So see, I messed it up again. <laughs> it is what I do, I guess. So this is our, this is our panel here. And um, again, it's not like we've got it all figured out, but uh, it's that we are uh, people that I've had conversations with and I, I know like what they're going through financially. And so um, you may not know who they are. And so we're going to start here at this end here. Uh, just tell us who you are and where you serve. I'm Vanessa, and we serve with the student ministry. I'm Jen. Um, I'm married to Nate, and um, I serve. <laughs> I serve um, on the vision team as well as uh, I'm a group coach. And I'm Nate, and I get to serve here as the lead pastor. And I think Jen gets a round of applause for dealing with all of my shenanigans. <laughs> That's what I think. Sometimes I feel like she's the brunt of my jokes or my story, so Jen's a good sport. So, <laughs> My name's Devin. I'm the operations manager here at Awaken, and this is my wife, Chloe. Hi there. I serve in kids' ministry and in students' ministry. Yeah, I'm Breezy. Um, I get to do a little bit of everything that's needed here, um, but primarily student ministries is where I serve. And then I am AJ. I'm one of the pastors here at Awaken. And uh, this is my wife. Hello. <laughs> is this the first time you said hello? It is. I just realizing I'm waking up right at this moment. I've been just kind of gliding through the day up until this point. Just like, oh, okay, this is where we're at. So. This is where we're at. I love that. <laughs> uh. I'm going to try to hold my composure. I laugh a lot. I love to laugh, so, um, but I'll hold it together. That's really funny. Um, so this is, the idea today is just about practicality, how we're going to walk out some of this. And, and I wrote some questions, and I really wanted to start with um, Devin here. He uh, is very into strategies. He loves strategies. Anybody like chess out in the crowd today? Some of you a little passionate. This is our chess crowd, but he loves chess. And so you can battle him later for it. But he loves to play and he loves strategies. And um, I, I made a comment. Jen and I, I think we've been married 14 years. And um, so I don't remember much about being single, except that it was kind of a depressing time in my life. And uh, so, but I do know that Devin and Chloe, they've been married a year and a half now. And uh, so they have uh, had a little bit, they, they kind of remember what it's like to be single. And I know there's some people uh, that are single here. And so I wanted to talk about like, what did managing finances look for you all when you were single? When I was single, I was living with my family and I was a full-time student. So uh, my family graciously uh, provided for me financially while I was going to school. And so I wasn't, I didn't have bills coming in you know, month-to-month costs like that. And because I was in school full-time, um, I didn't have a steady stream of income. I would occasionally get some money, but because of that, because of the inconsistency there, I did not prioritize finances. And I honestly didn't even have, I don't think, a clear understanding of, you know, how to budget or how to properly store my own money. Yeah, and I, I started that's out... That's where you come in. Oh, <laughs> No. <laughs> um, I started out in a, in a very similar place to Chloe. Um, I just had a little bit more time to figure things out than she did. Um, so I, I 
um, it took me a while to figure out like uh, getting paid, how to like manage my money, how to, to work through it, what I was doing with it. I wanted to be consistent in giving, but I never really found myself in a place where I was um, until I started um, really looking at budgeting. Um, and Nate, Pastor Nate talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, you have to make a plan for your paycheck. And when I, when I started doing that, um, it opened up a lot of doors for me in, in how I look at my money and, and where it went. Um, it, it, having that plan allowed me to be consistent not only in giving, but it also opened up opportunity for me to be able to be invested in, to invest in some of my friends who were doing college ministry and just starting out there and to be able to support them. It was really cool. And it was an opportunity I wouldn't have had if I hadn't uh, sat down and, and really worked on making a plan and looking at a budget. And so I came into our marriage with a little bit more of a plan set up than Chloe had, but that actually ended up being kind of hard for me because I had to like I had all these systems this way I like to have the money and what I wanted to do with it, and then having to um, be more flexible and open up and look at okay what are we going to do and it's not just my plans my ideas but but how do how do we do this together um, that took a little bit a little bit of time for me to get um, more loose with that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, you know, for me, it was this completely new this completely new thing, budgeting. And so the struggle I had initially when we got married was even being interested in looking at our, our money. And so it took me a while, and it took a lot of communication. You know, Devin sitting down and really breaking down our budget, um, you know, as a couple, looking at that to help me to stay, you know, where, where our money is going, and then also to stay accountable to giving because we were both looking, we're both looking at our money together. And that, that's been really helpful. Yeah, and I think one of the things that really, really helped us is we uh, together decided we wanted to try to start saving for a house. And so that was a priority for us, and it was a priority Chloe was really engaged on and wanted. And so when we, when we had that similar priority, we both really cared about our money and where it was going and making sure that we weren't wasting a bunch of money that could be going towards towards the house. And uh, that's one thing I really think with budgets that's super helpful, especially within a couple, is making sure that your priorities are aligned. Because um, I think if you're not aware of where money's going or what's happening, it's really easy for um, people to be going different directions with it. But um, having conversations, being able to align priorities on, hey, we're, we're wanting the same thing for our money, not only in giving, that we're, we're being invested in the kingdom of God, but also just where our marriage is going. Because, um, yeah, uh, one of the tools that I use for budgeting I really like is called YNAB. Um, it's You Need a Budget, the acronyms Y-N-A-B. Um, it's a little bit different well, than... I'm still trying to learn the acronym yeah. still. So apparently that's what I need first before I learn about a budget. I need yeah, to acronym. learn acronyms. Yes. Okay. <laughs> they are helpful to life. Um, <laughs> they are helpful to life. <laughs> no, um, it's a little bit different than a lot of the other budgeting tools out there. Um, so if you need one or you're looking for something like that, I definitely recommend it. I, I joke with Nate that the only thing that I basically universally recommend to people other than Jesus is YNAB. So. <laughs> now, um, it sounds like, Chloe, you're probably the spender in the family, and Devin, you're the budgeter. Because like, when you're like, oh, we got to sit down and look at the budgets, I think of when Jen will come to me and she's like, Nate, we need to talk. And I go, like I just say, oh no, we're going to have the budget talk. I don't want to talk the budget talk. So it sounds very painful, but how many of you today would say that you're the budgeters? You love budgeting. You love spreadsheets. Raise your hand. 
How many of you love to just spend and not worry about budgets? I've got both. In fact, I'm going to stand up too. That's how I feel about it. I love to spend. And so it's good. If your spouse is one and the other, you got to learn that communication. I think that's probably been something that's a little difficult and something you just learn over time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Well, and then Dave and Vanessa, I love them because they've got such a unique mind when it comes to finances. Uh, I've, had, uh, I've heard from Pastor AJ, I've talked to them a little bit, and even hearing some of what they were saying last service again, just reminded me of their unique perspective when it comes to finances. And so the question that I asked them was, how has your mindset on handling money changed over time? And what does it look like to look for opportunities to give? I guess we'd say for the mindset shift, uh, it kind of started with answering the question, like, is Jesus Lord? Uh, And so when we were faced with the question, like, we say, yes, I believe, like, we believe as a family, Jesus is Lord, then we were checking, do our actions mirror that that answer? Um, You know, do do our actions mirror that Jesus is Lord of our lives? Um, Because if he is Lord, then he's Lord of all of it. Mm. Um, And so, like, our lives are no longer our own. Uh, So when we looked at resources, because God gives us resources, whether that be time or money, uh, those things God gives us in order to take care of, and then we output when and where he says to output it. And so for our family budget, um, the main goal of our family budget is to, to output those resources, to output that money um, for, like, the finances of God, like, for his purposes. Um, yeah. uh, so practically, I guess what it looks like is, uh, first thing is we're constantly in communication with God and asking him and seeking him, hey, where do you want us to put um, for example, the budget, like, where do you literally want us to put our money? Where should we give it? Uh, where should we give our time? Where should we put our stuff to use um, for the items that we are, are, are taking care mm-hmm. of? Um, and we do that by um, constantly being in this, not only attitude, but also physically every month, how do we make our budget more efficient? How do we live on less? How do we spend less? Because if the ultimate goal of our family finances is to output money for God's kingdom, then we're in a constant kind of journey to like increase that number every month every year every time span um kind of like similar to like how like a normal like a large company would do it except you know they're they're saving money obviously to reduce their expenditures for profit our budget is completely dedicated to how do we reduce our expenditures to output more for god when he says um a good example of what we've done um not like fairly recently but like this year is um so we stopped um like buying coffee out because we calculated like with an initial investment you actually can drink higher quality coffee at your house and just bring it with you and save a significant amount of money. And so, like, kind of the extension of that is, okay, and seeking God, hey, God, we have this, like, extra bit of resources. Where do you want us to put that? Where does it go? You know, because now we have the ability in this example to actually make that a monthly commitment to whoever or whatever organization that is. That's really cool. Now, some of you are like, I hope the Lord doesn't ask me to do that. But, <laughs> but I think that's really cool. And that's a great way of making sure that the Lord is first in your lives like, and making that a priority. Lord, that he's the Lord even over coffee and uh, that all of that. And so I think that's really cool. And I love that mindset of how you steward the resources that God has given you, that the money that you have is not so that you guys can continue to get more wealthy, but continue to pour it back out into ways and being open to that. And I think that's, that's really awesome, and I, I love that. I love, I love that mindset of generosity and looking for ways to just say, Lord, I have this, so how then 
uh, would you use it? So uh, I love that. And then, of course, we've got Pastor AJ and Breezy. And, and the thing that I, I wanted them to kind of like hammer home and talk about a lot is how they find ways to give. Um, you know, Pastor AJ talked about how nothing was off limits. And every, when he was talking about that last week, I just kept coming back to um, how do you manage what God has even given you more so than just money? Because he even talked about it. Yeah. So like Nate said, we all, we all have these resources. We have things that we can offer to God that go beyond just cash. And God wants us to use those things to glorify him and honor him. And to be honest, um, me and Breezy in our life, we... We have made it a point to tithe. We do, we do that. But outside of that, we don't have a lot of extra money that we can give um, through a whole bunch of different reasons. Maybe we're just not the greatest at budgeting in certain areas. <laughs> that could totally be the case. But we just haven't gotten a lot of money we can give extra. So we typically have different things. God has seen fit to bless us with stuff for whatever reason. So honestly for us, it wasn't until we started to realize the impact that it has when someone offers their resources in the name of Jesus, until we began to see that impact firsthand in our lives, um, we didn't start doing it in our own lives. So like some examples of the way that we've experienced it, um, Breezy last year, actually last year and a half, had a significant amount of like health issues, was in the hospital a whole bunch of times. And because of that, we got to see the, the people of the church who love Jesus show up personally at the hospital, give their time. That's what they were offering, their resource of time, mm-hmm. to be there present in our life when we were going through hardship, to pray with us, to offer us chicken noodle soup because they could. Like those are just resources. That's small little things, but they go a huge way in, in loving people and loving us. Um, other examples that I've had, I, I remember when I first moved to um, Albuquerque to go through the school of ministry. I was nervous. I didn't know anybody at this new church I was going to. I didn't have any connections yet. And I was, I was just concerned and a little bit scared. And on my first day meeting people, this guy walks up to me, asks me, hey, wh- what are you here for? I'm like, I'm here to go through the school of ministry. I'm going to be learning a whole lot over the course of this year. And he's like, you know what? I want you to go into this bookstore right here. You pick any Bible you want. I don't care which one, any, and, and I'll get it for you. And he, he offered that to a whole group of us who are going through the school together. And that was an enormous encouragement for us because we were nervous, we were scared. And that was like the Lord saying, hey, I'm going to use this guy who's going to bless you guys to encourage you. Keep going. I got you guys. Other examples, um, people, um, while I was going through this school, I was struggling with money. People offered their talents, their careers, the, the, the things that they knew how to do. I had significant tooth pain. I needed a root canal super bad. And a guy who was a dentist stepped up and said, hey, I'll take care of that for you. I'm not going to charge you anything. I'm going to handle that. I feel the Lord putting that on my heart. My car was breaking down, having all kinds of issues. People who are mechanics, who have that talents and abilities, offered, hey, I'm going I'm to take care of this. I'm going to fix this for you. That's practical use of the resources, the abilities to love people. And it wasn't just done for the, the sake of like, hey, I'm going to do a nice deed today. That's not why they were doing it. And that's not why we should do it. The driver, the motive behind what they would do, and, and they would make it apparent is, the Lord put this on my heart to love you the way that he's loved me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm doing this. And that's the driver that we're supposed to have. And when we, me and Breezy, experienced this, that changed our whole world. And we were like, we need to be doing that. 
We can, we can help people. We, we don't have to have a ton of money to do this. We have stuff that we can offer um, in Jesus' name to bless people and love people like Jesus. And that's kind of where we began. Yeah, and one of the primary examples from our life, um, a couple years ago when we moved out here, we were renting a house. It was AJ, myself, and Devin. Um, and there I was... Um, there was a house that came on the market. We really wanted to buy a house. We didn't have the money to buy a house. There was, we did not have the money to buy a house. And um, we had gone to the house, and we were praying about it. And I said, I really think that the Lord is holding this house for us. Like, I really believed it, which is ridiculous because we did not have the money to buy a house. And we were there looking at it one day, and um, we leave. And AJ said, okay, I was praying about it. And I think the Lord said, if he gives us the house, he's going to fill it. And I was like, oh, I don't know what that means, but okay, we'll see what happens. (laughs) And then um, I was like, okay. So we prayed and we prayed. And through a crazy series of events, um, the Lord surrounded us with people who um, offered to help us with the down payment. And we were able to buy this house. Um, And sure enough, like the Lord has has filled it. We call it the frat house. Um, We have people live with us all the time. We have constant roommates come in and then they move on. And um, our heart for the house has always been, we want to We want this to be a place where people can come and grow in their relationships with the Lord. Um, We wanted to make sure that it wasn't a financial burden to live with us um, so that people would be able to come live with us and whatever they were saving um, by not renting somewhere else, that they would be able to put that financially towards something in their future to be able to save up and to build um, up something for their futures. And we wanted it to be a place where they didn't have to work constantly, where they could find a job that would be able to provide the time for them to be involved in church and be involved in ministry and do all of that. And um, not only for people who lived with us, we wanted it to really be a place where any friends or anybody could come from anywhere um, and just take some time and have know that that was a place where we would pray with them, that we would walk with them through whatever they were going through in life. Um, and it's been, it's so funny because last weekend AJ was talking about nothing's off limits. And that was a very hard lesson for me to learn when other people are sharing your house. Um, when we, <laughs> poor Devin, um, he, he was living with us when I was not very grace filled. Um, he taught me a lot of grace. Um, <laughs> He just, he's, he's a little clumsy. He broke a lot of our glasses. <laughs> a lot. And, um, but now it's, it's one of those things where I really had to learn that lesson of nothing's off limits. Like if this is what the Lord has provided for us to be able to provide for other people and do that with, like nothing's off limits. And so now it's, I'm a little bit more, sometimes I still get a little anxious, but the Lord reminds me, hey, like I gave this to you and you get to use this to pour out and to give. And so thank you for help teaching me grace. Um, but that is, that's one of the primary ways that we get to steward what the Lord has given us apart from finances specifically. So can we go over and just break a bunch of glasses and be like, come on, Breezy, show us grace. <laughs> But I, I think that's such a unique aspect. So did you both have to talk about 
like what that looked like? Because AJ, you're sharing stories personally, and I'm sure, I, I think we've all had stories where people have come in and helped us out in a time of need or things like that. But is that something you guys had to talk about? Like you were like, the Lord's going to fill this house, Breezy. I, I hear it from the Lord. And how does Breezy not slap you in the face and go, boy, you must be crazy. Like, you know, what, what, is that, what does that look like? What does that conversation look like? There is obviously a lot of discussion that has to go into it when you're, when you're doing something like that. But ultimately, the heart came from just the recognition of, okay, for us to have this house that we were looking at, it was far more than what we just needed for ourselves. Mm. So there was a recognition between the two of us. We were in agreement already. What this house will be is far beyond what we need. So obviously, Uh if God's going to give that, he's going to be expecting us to use that for him. And at any time... God gives us and blesses us and we have an excess, that's not just for you, like ever. Mm. It's always for us to be like, okay, that's, that's a signal. God's probably expecting you to do something with that. Um, maybe not immediately, but always have your mind open. Where's this supposed to go? And that's the conversation we had. Because there are times when some of the rooms in our house, they are empty. We're like, okay, well, right now, it's, it's kind of nice for us because we get to have a more quiet house, a little more private, but we're always having to look for, okay, but we know this is not just for us. It's not just our convenience. It's not just our comfort. Who's supposed to go in this space? And we're constantly looking to that. So there is a lot of conversation in that. Yeah. And I think just for me on a personal or like on a practical level, um, it being a good steward of the house was also trying to figure out what does it look like to be a good steward of our marriage within this kind of relationship. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of conversation that had to go into, okay, how do we practically do this with our marriage and how do we be a good steward of that? So we did put some time and money into making our room a place where we could just, you know, go and sit and be, um, but also pour into Mm -hmm. people. And so I think that being a good steward of your resources is also knowing like, okay, this is everything that the Lord has gifted you with, whether that's your marriage and your time and, um, or whether that's your house or just extra things, um, all of it kind of works together. Yeah, which is a great segue, which we didn't practice, into what Jen and I are talking about today, which is about family and, and stewarding your kids well. You know, so we've talked about having strategies. We talked about mindset, managing your stuff, but then also managing the gifts that God has given you. Psalm 127, I think it's verse 3, says, children are a gift from the Lord. Sometimes they don't feel like a gift. Can I get an Amen. But they are a gift from the Lord, and we are called to shoot them out, that they're, tar- that they're arrows in the hand of a warrior, and we want to make sure they hit that target well. And so um, often what I find is our kids will come to us, and they'll give us some deep theological question, and I'll, I'll sit them down and go, okay, this is why, and they're just kind of like all over the place, like, oh, I need to go eat, you know, can I go to the bathroom? Like, they're not into it, and I think Jen has also found that out, is sometimes you want to give them a good answer, but they want an answer in 15 seconds. That's about all that they can handle in that moment. And so we're constantly just what the one thing that Jen and I have talked about is just these little by little moments of just trying to teach our kids and praying that somehow the Lord does something with it. Uh, Because it can be challenging to try to teach your kids when they feel like $5 is a lot of money. And uh, they're like, man, I got all this. I can go to five below and get a couple of things, you know, like you sometimes wonder like, how are they learning? Are they learning anything? You know, we're, we're very deliberate in trying to teach our kids, hey, you got to give, you got to save, and then you can spend. And uh, even about what it looks like to earn an income. I've, I've told my boys, 
you guys are slobs, and so you need to learn to live in this house. And uh, there's some things that are just required. Because I'll tell them, clean your room. And they're like, well, how much do I get for that? You get to eat and have a roof over your head and stay warm at night. Like, that's what you get, right? I don't get paid for that. And you're, when you get older, you're not getting paid for that either, all right? Your wife is going to say, clean your room. How do I know that? Because I have one right now. <laughs> they're just going to tell you. And I ask her, how much do I get paid? Nothing, all right? So I tell them, those are the things that you are just expected. But to help mom out, you can earn some money that way. You know, one thing that we're trying to teach them as well is like, hey, grab a book. Like, not like a little thin book, but a thicker book. Read it. And then write me a a page on who was in it, what you learned, what it was about. Because I'm trying to teach them, too, that you got to use your mind in this world, too. It's more than just the grunt work that's important, that's good. But it's also you got to use your mind. you got to read. And so we're trying to teach them those kinds of things. And so it feels like we've got 15-second opportunities. It was cool. A couple weeks ago, Brody told me at school, uh, he gets these things called tickets. And when he's on good behavior, he earns so many tickets. And uh, one week he came home and he was like, Dad, I really needed some airheads today. And uh, I'm getting these tickets and I'm trying to save up for this notebook, but I really wanted these airheads, but it cost six tickets. And I knew that if I paid the six tickets, I might not get that notebook. So I was like, I can get airheads at any time. Let me make sure that I can get that notebook. And I was thrilled because whatever I'm teaching him has, is sticking in some way because he's learning. I got to have something. I need to save for it. But even better, Jen has one with all three boys that, that they experienced too. Yeah, a few years ago, um, we were on our way to the grocery store. Um, we live about 30 minutes from the, uh, the grocery store. And so um, we're driving, um, got all the boys in the car, and we're listening to the radio. And they were doing this um, pledge drive for an organization called Cure International. And it's a really neat organization that um, takes life-saving uh, surgeries to those in um, poverty-stricken nations and provides the surgery and medical care that they need. And this is something, as I'm listening to, strikes uh, my heartstrings as a nurse. Um, but I'm just listening to it, and the boys were unusually, unusually silent in the car. And they're <laughs> listening to these stories and, and hearing this. And um, as we're getting closer to the grocery store, they're piping in like, we've got, we've got a call. We've got we've to help these kids. And um, so we got to have a conversation with them um, in the car. Okay. Uh, it, it costs $40 a month to support kids to have surgeries each month. What does that look like? That's a lot of money. They don't have $40. Um, so what can we as a family do to um, collectively make a decision to support these kids? And so we talked about $40 a month might mean we don't eat out uh, one night that month. And they were like, yeah, yeah, we can give that up. Um, so we got to talk about that and um, make the decision to support these children um, collectively. But what I really love is that, you know, like the Lord is pulling on my, my heartstrings. The Lord is also speaking to their hearts in that moment. And they were recognizing that other children don't have what we are blessed in America to have. And my uh, oldest son had just had surgery a couple months before. So he knew we even got to talk about we had the money to provide for the surgery. We had the blessing of health insurance to provide for the surgery. So now we have the blessing of providing for those in need as well. So it was a really great opportunity, a teachable moment um, to talk with them about it. But they also got to experience. They got to experience the Lord stirring their hearts for compassion and that we could be generous as a family. 
And when Jen told me that, I was like, what does that feel like? Because every time I have a conversation with the boys, it's, I need this infinity cube. I need this fidget spinner. Like, I was like, how are you like an expert at parenting? And I get the, the bad part of it. Because I was like, what is that like? Like, I never get to experience that. So how did it make you feel? Because I think it's easy to listen to that and go, wow, such great children. They're not. They're selfish still. They're, yeah. they're still got a lot to learn in this world. But they are learning some things. So how did it feel? Because I feel kind of like, man, I never get any of those experiences and moments. It, it, felt, it felt really great, but I can't take uh, credit for that. All I can take credit for is the fact that, I've, that we have poured in. It was both of us. You weren't there, but it's been hmm. using those 15-second opportunities to teach our kids. But it was the Lord working in that moment. And I just love that I got, to, uh, I got a back row seat at what the Lord was stirring their hearts in. And so it was, I felt thankful. I felt excited and thankful. I'd like to say proud, but I really, I can't take much credit for it. The Lord was working in that moment. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it's really cool to, to be able to have that. I know Asher, our middle, middle son too, uh, he loves the kid's heart challenge. And I remember they did it at school and he was so thrilled. He was like, we got to help all the kids with bad hearts, dad. Like I'm going to sell all my stuff. I got to make sure I give as much money. And so I think what our encouragement is to parents out there is just know sometimes you might only have 15 seconds but take those moments and teach the best you can. And you really got to trust God. It, kids truly are a gift from the Lord. They teach us so much about ourselves, but uh, I think it teaches us sometimes as we get to teach them. And so uh, I, I would just encourage you all, take little by little moments. You might feel like your kids are too young or too old, but they're always watching. A couple of weeks ago, my dad was listening to satellite radio and he's listening to Dave Ramsey uh, on there. And it's as thrilling as it sounds, I'm sure. But uh, he, he's talking about parents and teaching your kids how to steward and what does that look like? And my dad sent me a text that said, I know your mom and I didn't really teach you guys that well, but I'm so glad that God has um, blessed you guys and he's been gracious to even teach you and help you learn how to steward things well. And What's funny to me is he did teach us, you know, there's, there's kind of like two parts of my life. One where we were just flat out dirt poor, had no money. And then my dad had a career shift and we were much better than we were then. And what I love was that I was constantly watching my parents when we had a little, they were saving, they were giving, they were um, looking where all their money went. And when we had a lot, they were giving, they were saving, they were spending appropriately. And so I was actually witnessing all of it, though I may not have gotten a sit down conversation. I don't think it would have worked well with me and, and my personality. I think I would have been off the couch and all over the place, but I was watching them nonetheless. And even Jen, I know her growing up had kind of a similar experience as well. Yeah. My parents were intentional to, um, teach us, um, that we should be giving, that we should be um, spending appropriately. And when I was in middle school, um, they started a monthly allowance of $50, and it went a lot further um, then than it does now. But from that, they encouraged us to tithe off of that and then also gave us responsibilities of paying for our own shampoo or little things that we were going to have to budget for. And from the rest of it, we could spend um, on whatever toy we wanted. Um, But I really do feel like that that developed a sound um, understanding of where my money should go, and I got to practice that. But on the flip side, I was also watching how they were spending their money. And um, they got into whatever um, led to it. They, they got into some credit card debt, and I watched how they managed that. And I, when I became a, a 
in college, I got into some credit card debt myself, and I, I managed it the way that I saw my parents managing it, and I brought that into the beginning of our marriage. So while my parents were intentional to teach us, and I appreciate that, and I learned from that, I also learned from how they um, represented how they managed their own money. So our children are watching us. Um, we need to be practical to teach them uh, and show them, but we also have to be careful what we are doing and how we are um, being a witness to them of how we manage um, ma- manage that as well. And I think it just comes to being real. You don't have to give them dollars and cents, you know, like you don't have to tell them this is what we're doing specifically. But I think as you're managing your finances, your kids are watching and they're learning from those those mistakes. And you can be honest with, hey, this, I'm just trying my best here, or this is what we've got going on, or these kinds of things. I think kids are a little bit more observant and knowing some of that stuff that maybe we give them credit for. And so um, I know, at least for our kids, they seem very sensitive to a lot of things. And so I think we understand that and we recognize that. And so we have family discussions about that kind of stuff. And it only lasts 15 seconds. So it's good for them and it's good for me. So um, because budgeting is not what I love to talk about all the time. But um, but I hope that that's, you, you hear today just how uh, stewarding looks like, how we manage what God has given us, how we can strategize, how we can have a mindset for it, how we strategize our stuff, and how we strategize our household. And, and that is the, the conclusion of our series, Security Blanket. And I really do hope that this was encouraging. I hope this entire series has been encouraging. And I hope that it's helped you uh, look at your money and your finances in a different way. So uh, I do want to say, too, next Sunday, uh, we are going back into our verse by verse study through the book of Ephesians. So um, that's coming up. It's Ephesians 5.1. You can read it later. It's not a lot, but uh, it's one verse and we're going to study that and we're going to, uh, that's going to lead us into the rest. But I'm excited to get back into that book and uh, invite some friends with you. Come excited to see what God's going to do. And uh, let's pray. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.